up hyperchange welcome to another episode today we've got an epic interview lined up with alex mashinsky uh ceo and founder of celsius blockchain we're gonna learn all about um lending out your bitcoin and this whole new space that's disrupting banks with a new decentralized system super excited um alex welcome to the podcast thanks for having me yeah, so um, I'm not even an expert on Celsius myself yet, um, but I'm super curious about what you're doing because it's sort of scratching the surface of like, once you have your Bitcoin and crypto, what can you do with it? How is the banking system around this uh, new crypto stuff evolving? And I feel like Celsius is really leading the charge in that direction. So for those of us who don't know Celsius and have never heard about it, could you explain like what it is um, and why you started it? Sure, yeah. So, so crypto basically had two killer apps since it was created the first one is the store of value so bitcoin is obviously the lead uh crypto uh with the largest market cap but the main purpose of bitcoin is storing uh something that is not in fiat and and hoping that it's going to appreciate over time what what celsius focused on is yield that's we think is the second biggest uh, killer app for crypto you can't get yield from your stocks or bonds or your bank or your insurance company you used to be able to do that but it's no longer basically available and because of that uh we wanted to create something that enables you to just earn yield on your digital assets so that includes obviously bitcoin and ethereum but also stable coins and uh staking coins and so on so celsius invented the category we support 42 assets. So we manage about 17 billion more than anybody else. And we've been paying yield to the crypto community longer than anybody else. So that's really what we're stand for. We, we also issue loans. So you can take a loan against your Bitcoin, not have to sell it and pay taxes. You can defer your tax, take a loan, pay 1% per year instead of, uh, you know, basically get rid of or sell some of your coins. Yeah. And it's, we always hear about how Bitcoin and all this stuff is like, you know, equalizing the playing field, letting you get access to all this amazing value that your capital has. And I think it's so interesting that like, okay, the banks are going to lend it out, you know, 10 to one or something. They're going to take your dollars and lend them out. And there's all these middlemen. And then you're getting like this fractional interest rate. And you're basically saying we can cut out all of those middlemen and lend out your Bitcoin and give you that yield directly. And so instead of getting like this 0.1%, you're able to offer like six to 8% and truly kind of like give back the value to the people. So I love what you're saying about the first use case or like the first sort of killer app of crypto. And that's what's got me so fascinating is like, okay, holding Bitcoin's one thing, but all of a sudden, if you're getting an income stream about it and able to monetize it, that seems like it could seriously increase the adoption and sort of appeal of Bitcoin. And I feel like almost like even me, like I've been in Bitcoin forever. I have my Bitcoin, but it's just sitting in Coinbase. Like this isn't even something I've started to do yet. So um, I'm kind of curious if you could explain a little bit more about like, how does this work in the traditional finance world? And then how does the Celsius of the world, are you doing it totally different and how that enables you to give the higher yield? Sure, yeah. So so let's take, uh, and you know, you can see on my shirt, uh, which side I'm on, <laughs> but uh, uh, the basically your traditional bank, let's take an example, JP Morgan, right? So they, you might have a Chase credit card and uh, you probably are paying 24, 25% interest on that card. And so about five or six years ago when JP Morgan had to pay 6% to borrow money, and maybe that was justified, but now the Fed has lowered the rate to zero. So why didn't they lower your rate from 24% to 18% or 16%, right? 
So the banks are reporting all-time record profits. Every quarter, you can hear these big, big banks uh, recording. They're, they're, they're bragging about how much money they're making. Well, guess where they're making all that money? They're making it because they're paying you 0.1%. So they're making huge amount of profits. All those profits go to their shareholders and to the employees of the bank, nothing to the depositors, to the users of the bank. So all Celsius did is said, wait a second, if we do the same functions that banks do, and instead of taking all that profit and giving it to the shareholders or the employee, we give it to the customers, we create a Costco version of your bank, uh, will anyone join, right? Hey, and can you explain the Costco vision? Because I've heard you mention that a couple of times and I love that, big fan of Costco. Well, yeah, so, so Costco is, is an American thing where it's, there's a giant warehouse and the Costco employees went all over the country and curated the best quality products at the lowest price. There's no markup, right? You get a giant cart, you fill it up. You don't have to worry about the price of the orange juice or the toilet paper or anything that's there, the bananas, whatever you need, you put it in as fast as you can. You go to the checkout, and you know, you walk out of that warehouse knowing you got the best deal ever, right? There's no way you can get those products at those prices anywhere else. Why? Because you trust the brand. You know that the Costco team, you pay them an annual fee, and basically you get everything inside the warehouse at a cost basis. There's no markup, right? So that experience, that customer commitment is what Celsius is all about, right? So we basically created a warehouse of financial products instead of a warehouse of physical products, filled it up with the best things that are always in your best interest. And magically, when you, when you do stuff in the best interest of the customer, of the community, you discover that 9% interest or 10% interest is not some uh, uh, interest paid to you per year is not something that is a, a dream. It's actually, that is the true cost of capital. That's what institutions and exchanges pay us when we lend them your digital assets. Now, just to clarify, the, the, a lot, the, maybe 1% of the population is comfortable owning Bitcoin directly like you. Uh, but 100% but of the population wants to earn yield on their dollars. And until recently, that was not possible. But today, you can take your dollars, buy a stable coin with it, like USDC or, or uh, uh, TUSD or uh, PAX, and which is another stable coin, deposit that in a Celsius wallet, earn almost 9%. And, and, and it, your bank pays you 0.5%, right? So it's 20, almost 20 times more than your bank. So, so the question is really, who is misleading and lying to the customer? Is it the bank or is it Celsius? Because somebody must be lying. If somebody can pay you 20 times more, somebody must be telling the truth and somebody must be lying. And that's really yeah. the main question for the 400% for of the population who right now scratching their head and saying, nah, it's too good to be true. Yeah. And I would say I'm in that camp too. Cause I'm like, what is the, like the credibility of that yield? Like, what are you actually doing with that Bitcoin? Or, you know, let's say I put in my Bitcoin with Celsius, like what are you doing to earn such a high yield? Right. So, so Celsius, uh, again, is a membership organization, right? We have almost a million customers from all over the world, 170 countries. 
and uh, I'm the largest Celsius user. I personally have over $300 million of my own money in Celsius earning interest. Wow. Love that. Right. Okay. So, so this is not like, uh, like if you asked a bank CEO, if you said, okay, are you the largest customer of your own bank? They would laugh at you and be like, no, I'm, I'm, my job as a CEO is to take the largest salary possible <laughs> out of the bank, not earn the much as possible as a, as a user. You crazy as a user, you got paid nothing. Why would I use my own bank? Right? So, so, so the whole, the whole community, the whole idea of a bank is, is not what it was really created for community banks and, and trust companies were created to help local communities basically make sure that you could issue local mortgages, uh, help the pizza shop, build the basketball court in the school. Not, not all that disappeared. None of that exists today, right? Today, national or global banks uh, are in business just for one purpose, and that is to extract tolls and fees out of the customers and deliver that profit to the shareholder. That's the entire purpose of the bank right mm -hmm. and every 10 every 10 or 15 years we have to bail them out because they take too much risk right and and people tell me well you know the fdic is there the fdic has never bailed out a bank all the bailouts since the 80s i've been in this country since 1988 every bailout without exception was us we the people the taxpayers uh, bailing out the banks doesn't matter if it was 2000 or or 2008 or or 2019 and so on so on so every time money is being printed we give it to the same people who basically failed us they get to give themselves giant bonuses and then we start the story all over again so so i don't believe we can fix the problem by passing new laws or, or have uh, this or that the Congress uh, man or Congresswoman scream at the bank executives in front of the television. That's not going to do anything. So the, the, what we have now for the first time ever is, is we have a blockchain, we have cryptocurrencies, we have an open ledger, and we can create a new system, a new banking system, a new uh, a financial system that acts in our best interest. And, and since banks are not your friend, and what about a system in which the customer gets the vast majority of the yield created in the system? So all Celsius done is aggregate all the people that hold uh, USDC, which is a stable coin, aggregate all the people that hold Bitcoin, for example. And then we go to institutions, the people who usually charge you a lot of money, we go and we demand the highest rate possible, right? Because when they need a thousand bitcoins, they're not going to go and pull it together from a thousand different little guys, right? Yeah, you're so, negotiating on our behalf, which is so awesome. Exactly. And since I'm the largest lender in the pool, because I'm I'm basically the largest user of Celsius, believe me, I'm pounding them with everything I can, trying to get as much yield for us as possible. Now. Most banks, as you know, have, like you said, 10 to one leverage, 20 to one leverage, which means, again, they have a legal license, the legal franchise that allows them to print money. For every dollar they have, they can print all this money that doesn't exist. 
right? I can't believe that. Honestly, the fractional reserves, every time I hear about it, I'm like, is this really the rules? Like, it sounds like monopoly. Like, and then it's like, well, we have to bail out the banks. Like I, I as much as I hate bailouts and like free markets, let's just let you fail and, and innovate. But I'm like, damn, like all my money's with bank of America. Does that mean like all of a sudden I don't have my money now? Like that's not ideal. Like, I guess we'll bail we them out. So it's like, there's out. no, it sucks. Honestly, we're like prisoners. And so right. we, we are prisoners. We're stuck inside that system. And our politicians, the largest lobby is the banking lobby. So, you know, nothing is going to change. And, and, and frankly, you know, it's a very, very uh, sad story unless you work on Wall Street. When you work on Wall Street and you get these million dollar bonuses, you're like, I love the system. Don't change anything, you know? So, so again, I, I don't think it's been 700 years of banking since the Medici's kind of created the this idea of, uh, you know, the double entry system and this idea of lending a bank that has fractional reserves. So nothing has changed. It's got worse and so worse and worse. How are you able to get such higher yield without any leverage in your system? Like we, getting back not, to the, the point. Yeah, yeah. We, we're not earning a higher yield. We're actually earning less than banks do. If you, if you, banks are public companies in most cases, right? You can take the quarterly statement of JP Morgan and they tell you in that statement how much they're earning. And they brag about how they're making 15 to 17% return on capital. They're bragging about it. They're saying to their shareholders, not to you, to their shareholders, look, guys, we're geniuses. We took money from these customers, these idiots who give us their money for free. We paid them nothing. Or at the worst case, we paid them 0.1%. And then we took it, we, we lent it to all these people on this side, and we kept 17% to ourselves. So when, when Celsius pays 8.8%, that is half of what banks can do because they can do marginal fractional reserve. We are not allowed to. I don't have a banking license. I'm not allowed to do that. So, but I'm giving you most of that 9%. You get to keep most of it. Right, where with the bank, despite the fact that they're making 17%, they're paying you 0.1% on an average US uh, checking account, right, or savings account. So, so the the it, it it's completely ludicrous at how egregious these people are in charging fees, uh, charging inactivity fees, and withdrawal fees, and checking fees, and and overdraft fees, you name it, fee upon fee, ATM fees, right? You want to withdraw your own money? We're going to charge you for that. So, so we are just allowing that. We, the people, continue to give these banks our money for free. We don't expect anything back. And because of that, uh, the banks just continue to say, like, you heard about Wells Fargo uh, creating uh, 3.6 million fake bank accounts, right? You heard about that? Mm -hmm. they got fined $1 billion. That's, they made more than that in fees in one year. So the fine was less than what they charged their customers for like 10 years. Like, so why, why would that deter them from doing stupid things like that? Yeah. Just, it's just, just the cost of doing business is to do those fees. Exactly. But I guess no one, no one ever goes to jail. Nobody ever gets fined personally right none of these people get fined they all continue to it's the moral hazard it's just spread out it's wells fargo exactly. who knows what that is <laughs> but exactly. okay so how do you get eight percent on my bitcoin like like yeah. I, I give my bitcoin to celsius you lend it out you're giving it to someone else 
what are they doing with it? What if they lose it? Like, that's what I'm thinking, right? Like, yeah. how do I know that you're like risk management? Like I'm not getting any information. So, on, like, so yeah, yeah. Strategy no, no. we're doing. Here's the credit score of that person. This is how we know we're going to get your Bitcoin back. This is our loss ratio or whatever. Like, how do I get comfortable with giving away my Bitcoin, which in theory is like a huge por portion of my financial, you know, thing, like my retirement, it's all in Bitcoin. So that's like my baby. I don't want to lose it. So if I send it to Celsius, I'm like, you know, I'm it, it, thinking through if I would be a customer, I'm paranoid of like, okay, like 8% is great, but I'd rather be 100% sure I'm not going to lose it versus 90% sure I'm not going to lose it making 8%, right? So how do I bridge right. that gap? So you have a, a brokerage account and you have some stocks in it? Yeah. Great. Uh, who are you with? Well, who is your broker? Uh, Vanguard and Public. Okay. Yeah. So all those people, Fidelity, Vanguard, uh, Charles Schwab, E-Trade, all of them, do you know that they're lending out all your securities? Totally. To the short sellers. That's how the short sellers right. in Tesla get liquidity. And like so maybe called... if I'm lucky on a good day, they'll give me like 4% of like the interest rate they earned, like if they're feeling friendly. But 99% of people don't get anything for it, right? No one gives you, pays you back. Uh, you don't get a check from them every quarter that says you've been such a great customer. Here are all, like the vast, you know, like the vast majority of the revenues of these funds is from SEC lending, securities lending. Because the fees they charge you are actually almost nothing. Like if you look at BlackRock, which manages something like I think $13 trillion. If you look at their financial statement, 61% of their income comes from lending your stock to somebody else. Yeah. They I'm not, you but I don't want to know what the traditional financial system is doing. I, I no, know. No, no, no. I'm just explaining. I know. I'm just yeah. explaining to you how the traditional system works. We do exactly the same thing. Just instead of lending Tesla and Facebook, we lend a stable coin or Bitcoin. Right? So the, the difference between the two is that Celsius said, we're going to give most of this back to the community. And traditional brokers said, we're not giving any of that to our customers. Like Robinhood, does Robinhood give you back anything on them lending out all of your stocks and or so, any ETFs? So you're giving liquidity to like Bitcoin short sellers, essentially on the future? Not, it's not, so so the, the short seller is like the maybe 10% of the use case. Right, 90% of the use case is market making, arbitrage. For example, the price on Binance and the price on uh, on uh, Coinbase, uh, the price of Bitcoin. Look at it at any time of the day. Do they, are they the same? There's always 70, 100, $200 difference between those, between those exchanges. Great. Who makes all the money? Somebody who can borrow Bitcoin, sell on one side, borrow stable coin, buy on the other side. That's how you arbitrage the two. So you need. Okay. Yeah, no, making sense. So you guys are like the security lender for these like AI people who want to arb out the markets. And they're like, we're going to tap into this decentralized network of right. Celsius. You're negotiating us the best rate. Um, and so how if do you. You're a market maker. If you're, if you're a market maker, if you're an arbitrageur, if you're a hedge fund, all those people, they need to borrow the underlying asset, okay? So normally they would go and borrow it from State Street or from BlackRock or, or from uh, Citadel, right? Or from Robinhood. But none of those companies can lend them Bitcoin, right? So, so who can lend them? Who the largest lender of Bitcoin? 
you, I'm guessing? Yes, we have 110,000 Bitcoin. That's okay. Awesome. Is that more look, than Michael Saylor? Almost as much. More than Michael Saylor, yes. Wow, okay. If you look at the balances on most exchanges, Celsius has more Bitcoin than balances on most exchanges. Like Coinbase probably doesn't have 110,000 Bitcoin just sitting there. You so, understand? So, yeah. so, the, the, so the opportunity, again, this is a, one of the hidden secrets of Wall Street. How do they make money on your ETFs, on your uh, Apple, on your Tesla, and so on, so on. So, so we've taken the best practices of Wall Street, of how they make money, applied it to crypto. But instead of keeping all the profit to ourselves, we shared it with the community, right? So the community, the community basically looked and said, a lot of people in the community said, 8.8% on stablecoin, eh, that makes no sense whatsoever. Like I'm talking about 2017, right? Now we have over a hundred competitors. Even Coinbase now offers 4% on your stable coins. Coinbase just launched a new service that offers 4%. So, Why are they paying you four and not 8.8? Uh, Cause they're public and they want to show great profits. I don't know. <laughs> no, take less risk. The only reason they're paying you four is because Celsius exists. If Celsius didn't exist, they would still be paying you zero. Oh, right. you're saying you're, okay, gotcha. And so I, I guess the last sort of, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of devil's advocate questions here. Cause I'm like, sure, I want to sure. put my thing on Celsius, but I have all these things. So how do you confirm the counterparty risk of these people you're lending to? Like, oh, you're an AI bot doing crypto ARB. Like, how do I know you're not over levered and going to blow up and not be able to pay me back my Bitcoin if your strategy goes wrong? So now right. I'm on the hook for all this anonymized, like counterparty risk for all these weird crypto ARB people. Like that doesn't make me feel comfortable. So how do you... How does how is Celsius? Well, what's your what's your counterparty risk when you lend your securities without your knowledge? What's your counterparty risk there? I mean, just you don't even know about it. Right? I think so, Vanguard's more likely to get bailed out than Celsius if shit hits the fan. So Vanguard is not a bank. Yeah, but that's that's who's out. gonna have to. That's who's assessing the counterparty risk of like, I don't know. I I, I, we, I we are we are the Vanguard of crypto. You so, understand? We are the largest lender. You must have a philosophy of who you lend to to make sure they can pay you back, right? Of course, yeah. So because we are large, we don't need to lend to the little guys, right? We don't work with little guys. We, If you are a $10 million hedge fund, uh, we can't work with you. You're just too small and too risky for us. So yep. most of our counterparties are the largest exchanges, the largest institutions on Wall Street, people who have crypto desks, they give us collateral, right? And, and we make sure that nothing bad happens. We, we went through several, uh, uh, obviously, very severe downturns in 2020, 2021, and Celsius did not have a single uh, default from a single counterparty, right? So pretty uh, impressive, uh, honestly. So let me, like in May, in May of 2021, right? Bitcoin went down 53%, Ethereum was down 60%. Celsius had zero liquidations or zero bad debt with counterparties. Let me ask you a simple question. If Vanguard uh, dropped by 53%, do you think you would get back any of your assets there? Or your bank? If your bank, if the assets in your bank, if they leverage 20 to one, right? And the yeah, value- 5% drawdown and we're screwed. Exactly. So, yeah. so um, my point is, is that, 
we are not backed by the Fed or by whatever. We have to stand on our own feet. We have to survive. So that makes you stronger almost because you're exactly. not relying on that. You're not we're relying not on the allowed. Reserve. We're not allowed to do fractional reserve. We're not allowed to create money we don't have. We couldn't, right? You can't just go and print new Bitcoin. <laughs> I love it. It's like a startup that's bootstrapping for someone who got too much VC funding. It's like, you know who's building a better company in the long run. Like, let's exactly. And, and we did not get any VC funding. And so, so if I were you, I'd be thinking like, okay, this yield thing is dope. But now everybody's rolling out a yield product. Everyone's trying to copy you. You're not, you don't want to be a one trick pony. You want to be Costco. So how do you have the pace of innovation to stay ahead of the curb and keep leaning into this cost? Like what's the vision here beyond just this first yield product? Cause I have to assume it's a, it's a race to the bottom on this yield product. Like it's dope now, but actually, it's, it's a race to the top. We're paying, when we started the service, we were paying 4%. And we went, and as we got bigger, we actually managed to extract more and more and more out of the counterparties than less but and less and less. In the long run, the they opposite, have to press, right? The opposite, no, no, that's not what happens. You see, let's say you are a giant Wall Street firm and you have a crypto desk and, and you want to, you want, you have a hundred million dollar transactions. How many people do you think you can go to and borrow a hundred million dollars worth of stable coins? Tough. One. So there's no, you think there is competition, but there is no competition. If you need 10,000 Bitcoins for a transaction, how many people do you think can lend you like this, lend you 10,000 Bitcoins? Yeah, no, I, so you guys, by being the so, biggest and sort of dominating with this network effect and create that that's becoming your moat, so, so to speak. Yeah. So let's go through what's happening, right? So mm -hmm. there's a flywheel here in motion, meaning the more users we get, the more deposits we get, the more we can extract out of the institutions, the more we can extract, the more deposits we get. Well, guess what? These depositors or these users, they come from exchanges. So what happens to the balances on exchanges as Celsius gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Their balances get smaller and smaller and smaller. They need to borrow more. Well, they need to pay us even more. So it's a it's this the the flywheel here works in the favor of the community. The power shifts from the centralized exchange that kind of paid you nothing, right? I mean, you didn't even think that Coinbase should be paying you stuff. You pay them 7% to buy your Bitcoin. Here comes Celsius and says, wait a second, we can get your exchange to pay you money for your money. Wow. Okay. I have so many we questions. Force, we can force the giants to kneel in front of you. It doesn't matter if you have 0.1 Bitcoin because you're not part of a giant pool. So even yeah. with 0.1 Bitcoin, you're part of 110,000 Bitcoin pool. You have tremendous power. So how do you align? I want to go like rapid fire here to end it because I have so many questions. How do you align incentives with your, you like Celsius, the company and the users to make this all work in the long run and make it so like, cause I love this idea of like, it's me versus the bank and like this little guy negotiating against the bank for my rate ver by myself versus Celsius. Like I am the gorilla. We're all together negotiating on our own behalf as this community, which is so amazing and powerful. But how do you keep Celsius aligned to give all that? Like you must be getting some value. And I'm just kind of, and you have the Celsius yeah, token too. Very, so. That is very simple. So we have, we have three different incentives. First, it's the yield, right? So a lot of people just come for yield and they say, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't care about anything, anything else. Here's my coins. Give me more coins. I can leave at any time. There's no lockup. Thank you very much. Then there are people who come and say, 
okay, I see you have your own token. If I use that token, I can earn more. I don't have to, but I can earn up to 25% more. So great. I'm going to give you my Bitcoin, but I want to earn in sell token, right? Just like, so before Uniswap offered you Uni or PancakeSwap or SushiSwap offered you their token, guess who was the first company that invented this model where you can get more uh, by using a token? Celsius. Celsius. The sell token was the first time that you can earn yield and get basically do farming with your token. So, so we, we innovated. Most of what you know in, in yield is Celsius innovation. It's not a somebody else innovation. We just don't run around and tell everybody, oh, we invented this thing, you know? We want to get credit for it. So two years before DeFi, Celsius invented yield on, on, on in the beginning, it was four or five assets. Now it's 42 assets. We support more assets and more blockchains than anybody else, right? Still today. So, because we, we run on 14 different blockchain. We don't just run on Ethereum, right? Yeah. And so can, can so, you explain that to me? Like, are you a bit, I can lend my Bitcoin, but now you guys have all these tokens. Like what's your kind of view on Bitcoin maximalism versus ETH maximalism versus like the evolution of the space kind of. So, so we we're not, Celsius was not created to convert people who want to hold their own keys to give their Bitcoin to Celsius. That's not the purpose of, of Celsius. If you want Bitcoin to be worth a million dollars, you need to bring a billion people into crypto. And most of those people are not people that know even what a key is. They don't know if it's a public key or a private key or it's a home key or an office key. So you got to give them a wallet that behaves similar to Facebook or Google or whatever, where they, they forgot their password, they can reach out to somebody, they can reset, but you give them the utility that they want. They want two utilities, store of value, yield. If you can give those two in a wallet, and allow them to select the assets that they choose. For example, okay, I wanna have a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Ethereum and a few stable coins. Then you're giving them what they're looking for. So our focus has been always from, you can read a white paper from 2017, has been to bring the next 100 million people into crypto, convince them to unbank themselves, leave their bank, take all those assets, earn yield, protect the assets against inflation and debasement, and get to financial independence. That's our mission, right? So we're not trying to have all the Bitcoin maxis uh, convert them into yield their lovers. You know, that's not our job. So, so we don't pick winners and losers. We're not here to cheer for Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or Cardano. Our job is to let the customer select the projects they like. If you're 100% in stable coins because you believe in the fiat system, great, no problem. We will pay you 8.8% on your stable coins and you don't have to ever interact with Bitcoin or our token or anything else. But going back to your original question, so you, there are three tracks. One is just come and earn yield. The second one, get extra with our token, the sell token. It happens to be the best performing token last year. If you look at Masari, 2020 report, the number one by far, the best performer by far in 2020, over 4,000% ROI was CEL, the sell token. And the third track is 
that unlike Coinbase and 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 Uber and and Google and everybody else who never allowed, even though you you created the value for them, they never allowed you to participate in the equity of these companies. They blocked you from coming in. Every time we do a raise, even if it's internal, we include the community. So the last raise, raise we did, we invited 2,500 of, uh, of our customers showed up and said, I want to invest in Celsius. And they, over a thousand of them got to participate and sit on the bus right next to me and right next to my employees and own equity and participate in the value creation in the company. So that's another piece of Costco, right? Imagine Costco offered you every time you shop, they said, here is your stock certificate. Thank you for shopping here. You get to own a piece of the company for that. Here's your token. Thank you for shopping. You also earned a thousand tokens, you know? So, so we, we believe that that's how you build a community. You align the incentives to your question. How do you align incentives? You let people sit on a bus next to you. And then you as a, as a coin holder who's earning interest, you as a token holder, you as a shareholder, you all have the same incentive. You all have the same alignment. And that's how you build a great company. So, okay, last question, a little bit personal, but your dopest asset is not Bitcoin or Celsius token, it's your time. And I'm curious why you, out of doing everything you can, what about this mission and the vision excited you, excites you so much about like why you're doing this project and leading Celsius? So if you look at my 35 year career, Celsius is my third unicorn. It's my eighth startup as a founder. So it's not like I, I did this, uh, you know, I, I, this is my first rodeo. And, uh, uh, you know, this country has been exceptionally generous with me, uh, obviously made me a rich man, made, made me very successful. And I feel that uh, I owe it more than it gave me, right? So I, I was thinking about, okay, how do you give back? I tried to do charity, I tried to do nonprofit, and I was just miserable. I tried retirement, none of that stuff made me happy. And then I said, well, what if I build something that should outlast me something that is again a, an institution that always acts in the best interest of the community because we don't have anything like that we have 100 for profit where the more greedy you are the better the more uh, uh crazy you are the better that's how we look at our heroes the most greedy people on the planet right those are our heroes or the other option is you are completely on the opposite side. You work for a nonprofit. You don't care at all about profitability or sustainability or whatever. You just have a mission and you run for the mission. And, and I said, wait a second, that's not the two options. There's got to be an option in the middle where you can do everything in the interest of the community. Uh, but instead of measuring uh, your success in, based on profit, you can measure your success based on contribution to society. So our contribution to society is allowing people to reach financial freedom, financial independence. And we have hundreds of people that basically uh, uh, became millionaires because they followed this recipe for four years, right? They followed the recipe of just saving, letting your savings uh, uh, accumulate, let them uh, uh, compound right? Not take any risk. We're not talking about taking huge risks or buying some token and hoping it's going to moon or, or whatever. We're talking about just earning compounding interest that, that uh, basically you cannot get anywhere else, right? 
And now they, they, their monthly income or their weekly, we pay every Monday. So it's a, their weekly income is actually sometimes either supplementing their income or in many cases is enough for them to live on, right? Which is something that you will never get from your bank, from your insurance company, or from, in most cases, from your financial advisor. So because they just don't have these products, right? They will never offer you 8.8% on your stable coin. They'll be like, stable coin, what is that? Can you teach me? You know, so, so, so these are the things that I'm passionate about. Uh, you know, I, again, I do an AMA every Friday. I share with everybody the good news and the bad news. And uh, we are a fully transparent company. So we publish how many users are on the platform daily. We publish how much do we have in assets. And if the numbers go down, we tell you, you can see that, right? We also uh, announce uh, what we call proof of community, uh, where you actually can track, not just to see what you earned and verify that on a blockchain, but you can actually see everybody in that BTC pool, everybody, what everybody earned, including what Alex earned, right? Uh, you can't see their names, but you can see who else is in the pool with you and your ranking in the pool. So the equivalent would be you going to your bank, taking a paycheck, walking into the teller, slapping it on a table and saying, here is my money. Now I want, before you deposit it, before you take it away from me, I wanna know who you're gonna lend it to, how much you're gonna charge them, uh, how much did you earn? Did you have any bad debt? Uh, uh, how much am I gonna get out of those earnings? And I wanna know everybody else in the bank who gave you money, I wanna see what they earned to make sure that I'm getting my fair share. That's equivalent to what Celsius does every day. And guess what? We don't charge any fees for that. There's no monthly fee or annual fee or inactivity fee or, uh, uh, or any of those things, right? We just take a piece of what we earn and we keep it to run the company and you get the vast majority. You, on average, you get about 80%, up to 80% of what we make. So that's the magic of Celsius. Love it. They, okay. Wait, I lied though. Bitcoin energy usage. What do I tell the haters about this? Because this is something as like a, you know, a fan of sustainability, Tesla, a Tesla bought Bitcoin, super pumped about that. But what do you tell people about the energy usage of crypto now? Sure. So, so let's compare Tesla to Celsius, to Bitcoin mining. Okay. Tesla is a hundred percent green uh, company and a hundred percent green car, but the car uses all of its energy from your outlet, from your grid. Guess what your grid is? Less than 50% renewable, right? Now let's look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin automatically, because Bitcoin doesn't live next to your Tesla, Bitcoin goes to where the cheapest electricity is. And today the cheapest electricity is hydro, wind, and power. Those are cheaper than uh, coal or natural gas. So the Bitcoin miners, we are one of the largest miners in North America. We put the equipment right next to the uh, uh, hydro plant, right next to the wind farm. And the vast majority, about 76% of what we use is renewable. So if I'm using 76% renewable energy and your Tesla is using 43% renewable energy, which is the average in the United States, who is more green, me or your Tesla? But people would say my Tesla gets me from point A to B. The energy that 
you know, secures the crypto networks useless. So why do we need so much? Like, why are we, is it worth 3% of our, you know, humanity's well, energy if, to if secure it was these? Useless, if it was useless, it wouldn't be worth $2 trillion, right? The entire crypto community obviously is, has a $2 trillion. Most people don't even know how many zeros are in a trillion. So, so, you know, 12, right? So, so how can it be worth $2 trillion and you at the same time you're saying it's worthless so we we every network has a cost the internet has an energy cost your bank has an energy cost your visa when you swipe your visa card guess what there's an energy cost because the entire visa network that runs worldwide has tens of thousands of servers and hundreds of thousands of employees or driving gasoline cars to to go to lunches and do all kind of stuff so so everything, everything has an energy cost. Now, the people who say Bitcoin is dirty, guess what? I guarantee you that if you dug through it and find out, okay, who's actually shilling that FUD, you would find out that it's originated by either banks or financial institutions who are just terrified for their lives because suddenly there is something that's gonna come here and replace them. And, and uh, there were several surveys that were done showing that the Bitcoin network consumes less than uh, banks consume on an average day, right? If you do, did comparison between the two, banks consume more energy than the Bitcoin network. So, so I, I definitely don't think that, uh, uh, you know, that that's an issue, but let's, let's reverse the, let's just uh, look at the other side of the coin on this conversation. Let's say that when we were creating the internet, you know, I was there in the beginning, I, I, I helped create Voice of IP. Every time we would want to put uh, fiber into the ground to grow the internet, somebody would scream at us and say, you cannot dig my street. And what are you putting this fiber for? It's completely useless. What are you going to use it for? So people can talk to each other. They can send messages to each other. That is a complete waste of time. We have the phone company. We don't need the internet. Okay, just use your stupid phone company. That's the analogy of what we're going through today. So there is, you want more renewable energy, create more demand for renewable energy. If Bitcoin doubles the demand for renewable energy, what do you think they're gonna build? They think they're gonna build a coal plant? They're gonna build more electric, more, coal, more uh, solar, more wind, more hydro. That's what the investors are gonna win are going to build no one is going to invest in another coal plant so by increasing demand because of bitcoin because of co uh, computing centers because of artificial intelligence because of all these new tech that you teach everybody about we are creating more renewable energy right tesla is creating more renewable energy all these things creating more renewable energy so electrification of the world is happening with or without bitcoin we're just accelerating it by maybe 5%. That's all we're doing, right? So for all the naysayers, all the people are poo-pooing and as if Bitcoin is causing global warming. I mean, come on guys, you know? Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you. I don't want to take up more of your time. This was so fun though. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I had a, I had such a blast and I can't wait to like follow more. I feel like I'm going to become a Celsius customer. So I'm gonna make a whole new video when I do that, but I'm just so excited. Perfect. This actually was like really enlightening. So seriously, thank you. Perfect. And, and let's do it again. Have, have your experience. Let's compare notes. We're always looking also for feedback. 
and to make sure the service is better and, and how to make it better and so on. So I'm definitely excited to continue the conversation and, and uh, I'll see you soon. See you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.